Thank you. If you'd turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter number 73. Psalm chapter number 73. It is a blessing to be here. And I'll say it right now for my wife. Thank you for taking care of the missionaries and their wives. Uh, I could not do what I do without her. Uh, She is amazing. Uh, Psalm chapter number 73. We'll be working through uh, pretty much the entire passage tonight. Uh, So keep a finger there, but I jump to a lot of different scriptures, so keep your Bible handy. Psalm chapter 73, verse 1, says this. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. There are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt, and speak wickedly concerning oppression, they speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people will return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know, and is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day and for all that you've done for us, Lord. I pray that you'd give me the words to say and the people the ears to hear, Lord. Lord, I pray that there's somebody here that doesn't know who's their Lord and personal Savior, that they wouldn't leave this building tonight without coming to that knowledge. Lord, I pray that uh, if there's somebody here that you're calling to full-time ministry or to serve you, Lord, I pray that they would do that. Lord, just help us now as we get it, dig into your word, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You dive into this passage, and what you start to see is this man named Asaph. Asaph's here. He's, he's speaking to God, and he's saying, hey, God, look, look. Do you not understand who I am? I'm your servant. Do you not understand who I am, and do you not understand who these other people are? These are the ungodly. These are the ones who are not serving you. These are the ones who don't know you. God, I do know you. God, I serve you. Why are they prospering and I'm not? God, why, why are so many great things happening to them and not me? God, do you not know who I am? And he starts breaking this down. And he starts asking him, and he says, God, what's going on with this? This evening, I want to just look at three simple points from this passage of Scripture. And the first one is this. Truly, God is good to us. You look here at verse number one, it says, Truly, God is good to Israel. Well, Okay. When you start reading your Bible, you understand that there are things that are promised to Israel that are not promised to us. We don't take the place of Israel. But I can say, through personal experience, that God is good to us. You go and you start reading your Bible, and it says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. I had a friend here recently. He's getting ready to start deputation, and he asked me, he said, Kyler, you've started deputation, you've gotten a good ways through it, How do you get around when you first start deputation? Like, how do you have food on your table? I said, it's simple. I trust that there's going to be food on my table tonight. I mean, I trust that God's going to provide my needs. He takes care of me every single step of the way. I can honestly say, truly God is good to me. Truly God is good to us. 
But I want to ask you, because if you continue reading this, it says, even do our such of a clean heart. I'd like to ask you this evening, how's your heart? Kyler, what's my heart have to do with missions? I'd say everything. Because if your heart does, isn't right now, <laughs> missions doesn't work. If my heart was never right with God, how would God call me to missions? You look here and you read, flip back to Psalm 51. I want you to see this. Psalm 51, verse 1. Your heart's got to be right. You look here at Psalm 51, verse 1. It says, have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, the only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Catch the end of this passage, though. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in my inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Kyler, what's so important about my heart? Everything. <laughs> Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The heart happens to be a pretty big factor when it comes to missions. It's a big deal. You start reading this passage of scripture and you get to verse number 6 in Psalm chapter number 73. And Asaph is complaining. He's talking to God and he says, God, look at all their pride. They're, they're so full of pride. And he never thought, you know what, how about I stop for a second and examine my own pride. Look, missions is a big deal to me. Seeing other people saved is a big deal to me. It starts with me getting out of the way. It starts with us getting out of the way. Because if we never start with the heart, how are we going to ask God to speak to it? I ask you this evening, how's your heart? But continue on. Do you ever admit to God when you are struggling? You go through and you continue reading this in verse number two. It says, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I'm starting to fall backwards, God. I'm not understanding what you're doing. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Here's verse number six with their pride. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, and they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh throughout the earth. He's got this issue because everyone around him isn't living for God. And you continue reading in verse 13, it says, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocency. How many of you have that little excerpt on top of the Psalm 73 that says who the author is? I saw three hands. Okay, there we go. You're listening. That's good. The author is Asaph. Now, if I was to ask you, how many of you know who Asaph is? How many of you could actually say, hey, I know who that is? 
Yeah, no, he's not like David or Paul or any of these big name figures that we actually go through and typically study out. Turn over to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. You need to realize who the author here is. Who the one that is backsliding, the one who is looking around him and saying, God, what are you doing? Because it just so happens as you read and you learn who he is that you find that Asaph's a Levite. Well, what's interesting about the Levites? When the Levites were, or when the, the nation of Israel was divided the land, the Levites didn't get any land. Their inheritance was the Lord. Okay, so Asaph's inheritance is the Lord. But we go on and we continue reading into 1 Chronicles 16 and we learn more about Asaph. It says in verse number 1, So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offerings and the had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to every one a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. And he appoints certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Well, you continue on to that next verse, and it says, Asaph the chief. Asaph's this first person who he's mentioned. So here Asaph is. He's the chief musician appointed by David. And what is he to do? It said he, that he is to minister before the ark of the Lord, that he is to record, that he is to thank, and that he is to praise the Lord God of Israel. Now, when you get into Psalm chapter 73, I don't see that happening. Do you? Do you notice anywhere in Psalm 73, at the first 13 verses where he says, Hey God, thank you for this. Lord, I praise you for that. No. He said, God, why has he got this? And why has he got that? He got his priorities out of line. He got to thinking about self more than others. He got to this point where I'm the chief musician. I'm a Levite. Lord, I'm serving in your temple. What's going on here? His heart was wrong. You realize that if our heart is in the right position, then we'll be that person that is willing to say, you know what? God, how much should I give to missions? God, is it me you want to use? Lord, is it myself that needs to be in that offering plate? We can get to that position because we're now in a point of, hey, my heart's right with God. Hey, you, you continue reading the book of Psalms and it says, if I regard iniquity within my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I've got to be right with him. I've got to have my heart right with him for missions ever to work. Number one, truly God is good to us. But number two, truly God can direct us. Continue on in verse number 13. Here Asaph says, Verily I cleanse my heart in vain, and wash my hands in innocency. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Oh, but catch verse 17 says, until I went into the sanctuary of God. 
Then understood I their end. I, he finally comes to this point where he's like, you know what? I'm seeing everybody else prospering and not me, so what should I do? I'll just walk back into the sanctuary of God and I'll finally come to this point of seeking him. Why didn't he do that in the first place? Why is it that oftentimes we'll seek other things first before God? Does it not say, seek ye first the kingdom of God? Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We're supposed to acknowledge him. We're supposed to go to him. We're supposed to ask for help. We're supposed to ask for direction. But oftentimes, it is easier just to kind of mosey around and say, You know what? Things aren't going the way I want them to. So I'll let somebody else do it. Hey, you know what? I am not great at soul winning, so let pastor go do it. Hey, God can never use me on a mission field. Let that missionary go do it. We start limiting God. Can I be honest with you? Go to Exodus 4 and see how that worked for Moses. Who hath made man's mouth? Have not I the Lord? Don't tell God what he can't do with you. Truly, God can direct us, but he can't direct somebody who's not willing to be directed. He can't direct somebody, catch this one, who's not listening. I'm sorry, it's an important part of missions. Truly, God can direct us. Asaph finally comes to this point of understanding. You Go back to verse 17. It says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. He finally comes to this understanding of, God, why are they prospering and I'm not... Because I've got you for all eternity. And they don't. Why doesn't that bother us? Spin a globe. Put your finger there. There's a missionary needed. Go across the street. There's a missionary needed. Our world's not getting better. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers. Why? The need is great. The laborers are few. Kyler, what are you saying? I'm not saying you have to go to a foreign field. If God tells you to, say yes. But if God says go across the street and knock on your neighbor's door and invite them to church... Say yes. If he says, give your waitress a gospel track on, at the next restaurant you go to, give it. I saw gospel tracks when I walked in the door. If you don't have one, grab one on your way out. Why? Because this is where missions begins. It starts with having a right heart. It starts with allowing God to direct us. If I never asked God, hey God, where do you want me to go? How would I know I'm going to Zambia? 
Asaph finally comes to this point. He walks into the sanctuary of God. He, he starts looking around. And he starts wondering what's going on. And he finally understands therein. He understands that he's got God for all eternity. And they don't. And you keep reading and you look at verse number 21. And it says, Thus was my heart grieved. And I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Are you ever grieved about the needs of this world? Are you ever grieved about the fact that there are thousands of people that will die and spend all eternity in hell? And have you ever asked yourself why they're going to spend eternity in hell? It's because of me. There are people I went to high school with that will spend eternity in hell. Because I never told them. There are people I have crossed paths with that I didn't tell. And they will spend eternity in hell because I didn't tell them. I have to live with that. Who do you pass on a daily basis that needs to know who he is? Because trust me, I look around the country of Zambia and I understand there are people that need to know who Jesus is in Zambia. Ask Brother Birchwell, there's people in Liberia that need to know who Jesus is. Ask any missionary you ever come across. That country has a need. There are people there lost, dying, and going to hell. And they need a missionary. And then look around your community and realize they need a missionary too. Go to Matthew chapter number 28, verse 18 through 20. And I love this two-word phrase in there. It says, go ye. You go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and it, for some reason, says the exact same phrase. It says, go ye. And so often we look at those two words, and it's easy to say, go ye means the church staff. I'm sorry, I grew up in church. I had that thought at one point. Why? Because that's who God called. God's using them. Does that mean he can't use me? No, it means get up and go tell somebody. You have a mission field that I can't reach, but you can. Why? Because I don't live here. Chesapeake, Virginia, I'll be honest, today is the first day I've ever been in Virginia. This is a foreign land to me. I have been to Zambia before. You've got people here that you can reach that I can't. Would you do me a favor? Go reach them. Please. Not for me. But because there's a Savior that loved them so much that he died on a cross to save them from their sins. I don't want to be ignorant and say maybe there's somebody here that needs to know him too. Look, I love telling my testimony. I love sharing it with others. I grew up in church. This is mission conference. It means we have church Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, 
Saturday is a banquet. And then we have church Sunday morning, Sunday night. Guess what? Growing up in church and my parents having me there every single time the doors are open, I would be there Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And you ask my wife her testimony, and she says, I was there before the doors opened on Wednesday night, Thursday night. And Look, I was always in church. When I was eight years old, my sister and I went to vacation Bible school. She walked the aisle one night, accepted Christ as her Savior. We went home, we told, she told my parents, and my parents were ecstatic. What parents aren't thrilled when their kid gets saved? I saw that excitement on my parents' faces, and I decided, you know what, I'll make the same decision. So I did, ignorantly. I knew no clue about what I was doing or who this God was. And for the next 10 years of my life, I lived a lie. 2014, I went to Zambia for the first time. 2015, I got trained in child evangelism. 2016, I went to Fiji, Samoa, and Belize. I started traveling the world and telling people about a God who I didn't know. I could tell them how they were going to heaven but I wasn't. Into 2016, I turned 18. I was in my senior year of high school. And I went to a friend's house after a church on January 15th, 2017. We were watching a Dallas Cowboys versus Green Bay Packers game, just in case you were curious. I'm not for either one of those teams. But that's who we were watching. Watch the game. Can't tell you who won, nor do I care got in my car, and I drove home. During that game, I didn't realize something. It began to snow outside. So I got in my car, and I drove home, and about seven minutes into my drive, going 75 miles an hour, I lost control. How many of you have done donuts in the middle of the highway at 75 miles an hour? Uh, just, just two. I don't, it's not fun. It is terrifying. As my car spun, all I could think of was, if somebody hits me tonight, I am going straight to hell. No question mark. I'm not stupid. I knew exactly where I was going. Why? Because I'd already come to the realization if I was a sinner, I just didn't want to do anything about it. So I continued doing nothing about it. Got home that week and I continued living like I did every other week. Until January 20th, 2017 came. I walked into my living room, and I decided I'd had enough of it. I told my dad, I said, hey, I'm not saved. Can you help me with this? And he looked at me, and he said, no. He said, Kyler, you've traveled the world. You've told people how they can go to heaven. Why can't you walk into your bedroom and tell yourself? So I did. I walked in my bedroom. I knelt down next to my bed, and I asked Christ to come into my heart save me from my sins. Kyler, why do you give me that whole story? Because it's a mission conference. I would have been here. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? Look, it's hard to have your heart right with somebody who you don't know. It's hard to listen to somebody who you don't know personally. Asaph is here. He's come to this realization of everybody else is prospering and I'm not. I've got God, though, and they don't. 
and he was grieved. You know, God might not call you to go to a foreign field, but he can call you to serve him right here. My wife and I were in a mission conference recently and somebody gave some statistics. And if you get my wife's statistics, she is going to fact check you. She is going to make sure you're not lying. So she did. And these are the statistics she found. In the United States of America, there are 2 million deaf individuals. In the United States of America, there are 42 million Spanish-speaking individuals. In the United States of America, there are 41.6 million Africans, 4.4 million Indians, 3.45 million Muslims, 5.4 million Chinese individuals, 2.2 million Vietnamese individuals, 7.6 million Jews, 1 million Ukrainians. Who's reaching them? Missions can be at home. Just as much as it's away. We need to be reaching those in our community. A quote I found recently says, we may not be able to reach all unsaved people in the world, but by working together in the field, God can use us to accomplish so much more. Kyler, what are you saying? We need you. We need your prayer. We need your encouragement. We need your support. And I love what your presentation video said. We need you to reach the unsaved. We need you to reach the lost. Amen. Truly, God is good to us. Number two, truly, God can direct us. And lastly, truly, you can draw closer to God. Continue reading here in verse 24. It says, Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou, shalt, thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. Catch verse 28, though. It says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. Is that you tonight? Can you say, I've, I draw nearer to God every single day? Can you say, I have put my trust in the Lord? And can you say, I do want to declare all his works? Missions is such an important thing at home and abroad. How are you involved in it? If you'd join me with your heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't know you. It's one of the beautiful things about getting to travel the United States of America and preach. I have no clue who you are. you're here tonight and you can say, you know what, Kyler, I am 100% sure. That is 100%, not 99.9. 99.9% fails in this test, okay? I am 100% sure that if I were to die today, that I would go to heaven because I've had a time in my life where I've come and I've asked Christ to come to save me from my sins. If 
that's you, can you raise your hand? You can put your hands down. There's a flip side to that. There's a real heaven and there's a real hell. Hell is a place of eternal torment. It's a place of eternal fire and it's a place of eternal loneliness. A place of eternal separation from God. If you're here and you couldn't raise your hand and you'd say, Kyler, I don't know where I'm going if I were to die today. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If you're raising your hand, would you look up at me? Would you go ahead and come? We'd love to tell you. For the rest of you, saying that, you know what, I know who Christ is. I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Is there anyone who would say, you know what, don't raise your hand on this. I've got to get my heart right with God tonight. Before the rest of this week goes on, before we get to the point of what I'm giving to missions this year, I need to take a moment and say, God, I've got to have my heart right with you first. If that's you, when the music begins to play, would you come? And lastly, is there anyone here that would say, you know what, I am saved, I know I'm saved, and I just need to be that person that serves God whenever, wherever, and however. I need to be that person in the offering plate, serving God every day. That's you, would you raise your hand? You've told me, when the music begins to play, would you come to this altar would you tell God? Pastor. Amen. If you would stand with me as the pianist begins to play. If God's worked in your heart, will you come? One has already come for salvation. How about you? If you're not 100% sure that you're saved, why don't you come up here and take me by the hand? I'll tell you what, I think the passage that was preached tonight communicates one of the greatest problems that we have as American Christians is that we look at the lost and we look at their prospering and we fail to look at their lost soul. And their financial and prospering, their, their positional prospering, their power prospering calluses us to the greatest need that they have and that is their salvation but if we'll come to the sanctuary do business with God as Asaph did and realize eternity is the lens by which we should measure every man it'll break our hearts for the lost we have to walk through our life with soul-colored glasses on. How easy it is to get caught in the current of life, to be controlled by this world and all that is raging around us. 
and forget the most important thing is what God's given us, and that's the Great Commission. Does God have your heart? Are you broken over the lost? Do you see the need? I want us to take our hymnals, turn to page 490. Let's sing this together, a verse and chorus of this as we close this evening. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love, at the impulse of Thy love.